Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 2, Sankhya Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. And so far we have seen that Bhagavan gave us the knowledge of the Sankhya, which is teaching us that the self is immortal, this body is mortal. At the death of the body, this ego continues its journey, taking along with it the mind and intellect and its tendencies. Based on those tendencies, that ego will continue to exist in various states of existences, which we call Janma. Knowing this, that the self is only immortal, if your goal is to have infinite happiness, your goal should be to identify with the self and not with the ego. And to do that is to live your life now with that clear understanding that I am the manifestation of the Supreme Self and not the ego which is identified with this body, mind and intellect. And that way of thinking and acting accordingly, he called it Buddha Yoga. That's a Buddha Yoga. Intelligent living as we call it. Knowing fully well what is my goal and how to achieve it, then I put it into practice is the intelligent way of living. So that's called Buddha Yoga. Keeping in mind my goal is happiness and nothing other than happiness. Whatever gives me happiness, I will do it. But on our way, we have taken the means for the goal. Therefore, the means to get happiness, which is to acquire things, to accomplish things, we consider now that to be our goal. That's where the problem is, Bhagavan said. Then he said, why this happens? Because we have taken the wrong advice from the wrong people. So he criticizes the pundits who had been propagating the words of Vedas. And he said that they use this flowery language and promise all the pleasures and all the lordship here and hereafter, what we call it is Swargalok that you do this and you will achieve this. So we have this, you know, basically quit for, for whatever the word, quit for quo type of an arrangement where you do this and you will get this. And he said, they use this language which is so enchanting to you that you are caught into that. This self-motivating books in the end says, that's how you will become millionaire. That's how you will achieve this. But in the end, the goal is always to achieve something, accomplishing something, to enjoy something. You see, now you're full of desires. I get all these magazines from Economist and Fortune. And, but more I read, the more I get depressed, actually. I say, all these people are successful in their life. You know? What am I doing here? You know? So that happens when we listen to more and more of these people 
who are motivating you to do what? Just have more desires. So Bhagavan said, with that type of misunderstanding, people are not going anywhere. So he gives a very direct advice saying, that is not your goal. Your goal is not to enjoy and create desires, because eventually that leads you to sorrow and failures only. Your goal is to go beyond all this thing. So the verse 45 says, Trigunya Visaya Vedaha. It's a clear explanation what Veda is all about. The bulk of the Vedas as we call it, not the Upanishad portion. Most of the content of the Veda is very utilitarian in nature. It talks about this world and how to achieve pleasures, enjoyment, success, lordship in this world. And all the karmakandas, all the rituals given, one which we know very commonly is the Rajasuya Yagna, Aswamedha Yagna, was to achieve something, lordship over the other kingdom. But there are also all other kinds of yagna. You want to have Swami, you want to do that. You have to achieve this, you have to do that. So that is bound by Trigunas only. Trigunya Vishaya Vedaha, the entire content of the Veda, other than the Gnanakand, is related to the three Gunas. And we have discussed before, and Gita will continue to discuss the three Gunas. The three Gunas belong to this Prakriti, this manifest world, which is Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. But all of them are nothing but the nature of the Prakriti only. But who is the enjoyer, sufferer? The Purusha. So you need to be focusing on the enjoyer, the sufferer, and release him from this bondage, not get stuck into the Prakriti. So see, Traigunya Vishaya Veda, Traigunya Bhavarjuna, clear instruction to Arjuna. Vedas, all the teachings are all about Trigunas. Do not get stuck into that. You have to go beyond three gunas to be happy. All these accomplishments I talk about and achievements I talk about, eventually it becomes limited. When I didn't 100,000 rupees, and if I get 100,000 rupees, I'm done. I will be the successful person. 100,000 rupees came and went long time ago, and I still don't consider myself a successful person. Because then I saw 100,000 rupees, then I saw million dollars, and then I saw multi-million dollars. And I said, I'm not successful. All those people in Fortune magazines, they are successful. Therefore, one nistre gunyo bharjuna. If your goal is happiness, this is not going to get you anywhere. You have to go beyond what is binding you to this unhappiness. And how to do that? Niradvanda. So the first one is a statement of fact saying, only way you can achieve this liberation from the bondage is to go beyond three gunas. How to do that? Nirdvandaha. First of all, go beyond these pairs of opposites. Now, pairs of opposites exist for the ego only. This is good, this is not good for me. I like it, I don't like it. So it is bound by my egocentric vision of this world. Therefore, he said, go beyond that. Nirdvandvaha. So go beyond these likes and dislikes. Nitya sattvasthaha. 
remain established in sattva purity purity is purity of reason what is right what is wrong when it is colored by my ego then it will be my personal opinion whether it is right or wrong you know who should win in the election well from my perspective i say this guy should win if he comes and i will have some benefit she so said no look at it from a pure perspective of the thing as it is what is good for this country what is good for this community what is good for this nation when i start seeing it without any partial judgment am established in sattva so nitya sattvastha first one says go beyond the pairs of opposites once i'm beyond pairs of opposites it becomes easier to see things as they are next one he says nir yoga kshema get out of acquiring thing and preserving them yoga to acquire that which i do not have when i pursue it it's in yoga right now so you are doing yoga pandit you teach why i don't have the health which i'm looking for to achieve that health what i have to do is yoga and then once i achieve that whatever the weight loss or whatever i have started doing this yoga for what do i have to do maintain it ikshama so get out of this in a pursuit of achieving and preserving achieving and preserving because this is what our life is all about and swami ji says the entire jagat all being in entire all beings are in their entire life span is doing nothing but yoga and shema we acquire thing and we try to preserve it then we worried about somebody is going to take it away from me we acquire a position then we worry about somebody will take it away from me he said get out of that in the last word says how you can do it atmavan you become established in yourself which in the teaching he said what that is immortal satchit ananda as we will learn as we go along your very nature is sattva is purity your very nature is knowledge your very nature is bliss therefore we complain when we are unhappy we never complain why i don't know why i'm so happy today we complain when we are unhappy because it's not my nature i don't go to doctor and say check me out i feel very good today what's going wrong with me i'm feeling very good we don't do that <laughs> we go to doctor when we don't feel good check me out because this ill health is not my nature health is my nature so you see more and more i understand my real nature and become atmavan it will be easier for me to become all the three which he says which is niradvandva beyond pairs of opposite because we recognize that's the nature of prakriti summer was there and everybody complained about heat and now there is a winter coming up now everybody will complain about cold that's of nature you go beyond summer and winter whatever it is as long as accepted there is no problem so is in nirdva nirdvanda means accepted as it is nitya sattvastha establishing purity so you're not coloring your vision with your ideas and your desires and your goals nir yoga kshema don't get caught up into i want to have this and then i'm going to preserve it you do what you need to do but atmavan bhavati we become established in yourself and then the next verse 
some people will find it very offensive because all this time we have said our culture is the veda based culture wisdom of our ancient ancestors is vedas that the basis of everything and krishna says yavan artha udapane sarvatah samplutodake tavan sarveshu vedesu brahmanasya vijanatah for a person who has achieved that knowledge which we just talked about the self knowledge to him the usefulness of veda is as much as for a community where everything is flooded and there is a reservoir which used to be the lifeline of that community but when everything is flooded what is the use of that reservoir the same use is for a knowledgeable person the vedas are only useful as long as you did not have this knowledge because you have very little understanding of what this world is all about and you can get a little glimpse of what this thing from this vedas so when there was a scarcity of water in my village and the talab the reservoir is the only source of water where i can go and get the water or get my cattle to make them drink water it was very useful but now it's flooded now the water is actually a problem everything is flooded all around me there is no use for that reservoir same bhagwan said there is no use for vedas to a person who achieved the self knowledge because everything else is meaningless to him it's like i had 5000 dollars in my savings account which was very very important for me keep checking what is the interest rate is a 3 quarter percent or 3% whatever that is because i want to make sure that it is preserved and growing as as best as you can but then i hit a jackpot the mega million order is that 5000 or i'm not worried about anymore and no there is no use for it. it's still part of my wealth but it is very minuscule and that's no use for me because i have the mega million now a jackpot once you realize yourself bhagwan said the, all the prescriptions of vedas is of no use and therefore don't go for that 5000 dollar saving go for the jackpot the next verse which we have always talked about is the milestone verse karmani vadikaraste because this entire philosophy of bhagavad gita is about how to live your life intellectual living intelligent way of life what is that is basically summarized here in one verse gita for daily living the daily living part is here it actually tells you how to live your life so that you can achieve this unachievable goal which we are setting up for ourselves infinite happiness by recognizing your infinite self infinite potential we don't have problem with infinite happiness as a goal because that's everyone's goal when do i want to be happy now and forever there is no exception in this world who say it's okay except in my teenage class when i used to take it no uncle i think we like to be unhappy sometimes <laughs> then i say why do you want to be unhappy because it makes me happy I say, see, you're back to the happiness again. 
I like to watch all these, you know, tragic movies. Meena Kumari, the tragedy queen. Why? It makes me happy. In the end, it's all about happiness. But I don't know how to get it. And Bhagavan said, here is your daily living part. Karmani eva adhikarate. Your right is to act only. Okay? It's a statement of fact, actually. It's not an advice. It's not an edict or a fatwa. It simply says, this is the fact. Karmani eva adhikarate. Your right is only to act. As a living being, activity is a signature of my life. As long as you see me moving around, talking, I'm Neil Bhatt, you know. As soon as I stop doing that, stop breathing, get rid of him as quickly as possible. He is not the Neil Bhatt we know. Therefore, as long as I am who I am, karmani eva adhikarate, my right is to act. I am a living being. I have a power to act and that is my right. Ma faleshu kadachana. Not for the results of your actions. Again, this is actually a statement of fact. It is not an advice because we know from our own actions when we perform any, we go for an interview. What, do we have any control of how they are going to see us? All the control you have is to prepare for that interview. Present yourself as best you can. Go in time. Our marketing people used to give all these advices the day of the interview. You don't have to carry any the change in your pocket. Leave it in your office. Don't take change because otherwise it will jingle while you're giving presentation. And drive strictly within the speed limit. Why? You don't want to get a ticket that day. You don't have somebody to stop you. All this marketing people say, okay, practice, practice and practice some more. All that you can do, then you show up there and then give an interview. Beyond that, it is not in your hand. People sitting across the table decide whether you are right candidate or not. Or they grade you on a curve. So you may be thinking you are doing very well, but somebody doing better than you, you will not get A, you will get B. So you will be graded by what the other people will do. And you have no control on any of that. Therefore, you have no right or a control over the fruits. That's as simple a statement it is. So the first line gives you a statement of fact. If you're not figured out yet, let me tell you. You can prepare all you want and then act all you can. Beyond that, you don't have any control over the results of your actions. And I think any intelligent person who has gone through life will accept that. That's what happens. I haven't designed an office building in last about six years now. So 2007 or 8 was the last time I designed an office building. And I consider myself office building architect. But there's no one wants to design an office building. I accepted the fact that just because I want to design office building, that doesn't mean people want me to design office building. That's not in my control. So that the first line says, this is the fact of life. If you have not figured out yet, you better figure out as quickly as you can. Otherwise, you are in for lots of disappointments. So the next line gives you the prescription. Here is the advice actually. Ma karma phala hetur buho. Therefore, never make fruits of actions 
as the motivator for your actions. If I only prepare for the interview because I want that job and I will get that job and therefore I'm preparing it, you say, don't do that because you have no control over it. All you do is go by your statistics. If I get 10 interviews, maybe I'll get two projects. Now, which two, I do not know. I have always told people that next year we should have at least this much amount of work. And how do you know, Neil? I say, I don't know. Which client is going to, I, we don't know. But statistically, I can tell you what will happen. You know. If there is X amount of work in the marketplace, I will at least get Y amount as my share of marketplace. Which client will give me no idea? And one thing is absolutely sure that one I'm depending on will not come through. That's guaranteed. I think the best project will come through in 2015 because the client knows me and he wants to give me this work. He definitely doesn't come through. But one I have never thought about will come through. It's just the law of probabilities work. So therefore, he says, don't make the fruits as your motivator to act in this world. Act because that's your right. And act because that's the only thing you can do. And Swamiji goes in elaborate discussion about past is dead, nothing I can do about it. Future is unborn, only thing I can do is act in the present. And we will have a lot of discussion on that as we go into the third chapter and fourth chapter. That I have only control about my present. And therefore, all the advice is from all the great people is, Every day you should start as if you're not burdened by yesterday. What happened yesterday, you have to wipe clean and then start today and then move on with it. You know. Keep the goal high. And Swamiji used to say, keep your goal so high that you should never be able to achieve it in this lifetime. If you achieve your goal, that means you left something out. In my class at the University of Richmond, the negotiations. In a negotiation, they have an exercise where two people, one become buyer, one become seller. Both are given this brief, what minimum you're going to accept as a buyer, what maximum you're going to be willing to pay as a seller. And you get surprised when they reveal that. Because somebody says, okay, how much do you want this thing for? I said, $10. He said, okay, here it is. I said, did I miss something out? My boss used to say, so you need, so you got the project. Okay, so what's our fee? I said, $1.2 million. So what did we left on the table? I said, what is that question? I said, that means what could you have got which you did not ask for? What did you leave on the table? <laughs> you don't want to leave anything on the table. You want to start so high, the guy said, what are you talking about? $2.4 million. Well, we can never afford that. So, okay, then how about $2 million? Oh, no, no, no. Then you barely convince him to give you $1.8 million. Now my boss asks, what did you leave on the table? I said, nothing. He was not willing to pay a penny more than this. Therefore, set your goal so high that you think you will never achieve it. If your strategy for the growth, your goal is easily achievable, that's not a strategy. If that goal scares you, that's your right strategy for you. That I will never be able to achieve it. Right now, our goal is to achieve infinite happiness. It scares us. That's the right, right goal. We should be scared about it. And therefore, should be working very hard at it. So that's why Bhagavan says, Ma karma fal hai turbhu. 
do not motivate you by the results of action i'll do this and this will happen you understand your right is to act as best as you can keep your goal so high that it will take your lifetime to go there ar mate sangah tu akarmani you don't want to get to a point where you're so scared you'll stop acting that you should keep in mind that actions are my right but the fruits of actions is not in my hand but all i can do is build my destiny by acting very very diligently today then it accumulates your actions and becomes your destiny with a prarabdha prarabdha is nothing which was somehow came into your prarabdha prarabdha is what you built by all your actions in your past now if at that time if you are worried about what am i going to be there it's a it's a problem because then you will say that will never happen if somebody had told me when i was in architecture school in second year architecture that you will be practicing architecture in treatment virginia or say you must be kidding in united states i'll be practicing architecture dartmouth i had no idea what that goal is all about you keep working and build your destiny without knowing what the destiny is going to be so therefore bhagwan says ma karma phal hetu bahu mate sanghatu akarmani never get attached to inaction you have to constantly working within your ability and capacity because you do not know what you are going to achieve we'll stop right here om sarve bhavantu sukhina सर्वे सर्वे पश्यन्तु भागभवे ओम शांति 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 हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ